Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world to tell us how they saw the news from the past month. This is episode number 36 for May 2011. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is the show where we get people from different countries, cultures, backgrounds and we ask them, so what did you think of what happened this past month? This is uh, the show for May 2011. My name is Patrick Beja and I'm extremely pleased to be joined again uh, by Turkey from Saudi Arabia. How's it going, Turkey? Hey, Patrick, going great. Just came back from Japan, had a wonderful time. You spent like 15 weeks in Japan, it seems like. <laughs> Dude, it was two weeks. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, in internet times, it was like every single day you would have a, a, a check-in in something. So anyway, we're going to be talking about this in a second. Um, I'm also welcoming back Scott Johnson from <clears throat> Utah in the U.S., I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that introduction. Scott Johnson from Utah in the U.S., um, yeah, we're still, we have not seceded from the union. We're still here, still but kicking it. Working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Slowly but surely, we want the gold standard back. Uh, what else? <laughs> we have a, we have a state gun now, so we're, we're on our way. Well, by the time the rest of the country knows that you've uh, let myself and Terpster uh, in the country in June, uh, they'll surely let you secede because they can't have that. Well, we're, we, are, we are effectively doubling international tourism in one day or one weekend, so can't wait. It's going to be great. And uh, finally, we are welcoming again Kerwin, who is presently in the UK, the land of the Queen, but was before uh, in Australia, which incidentally is also sort of the land of the Queen. Very um, much so, yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, so uh, you just landed back on uh, a few days ago, a couple of days ago, right? Wednesday morning. Wow. So still jet lagged. It's Saturday yes. for those who don't know. We record on Saturdays. Um, so it's Saturdays. Excellent. Right. It, it is Saturday. When I said, now. yeah, when I said for those who don't know, I actually included you, uh, in that category, Kerwin. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so Australia, Australia being the land of the queen in the sense that that was the, it was their prison colony originally, right? Isn't that the connection? Is no, that how that in works? The sense, in the sense that the head of state of Australia is still the queen. Oh, wow. Just like Canada. Okay. Commonwealth. <coughs> I knew that about Canada. I wasn't sure about Australia at that point. Yeah, I figured the warden, the warden took over, the, the inmates uh, uprised, and it's a very different place now. But all right. Long live the Queen, I suppose. <laughs> um, so are you going to be reporting as a, a – because you are originally from Australia. Uh, are you Australian <coughs> or, or UKian today? I'm, sure. I, I'm really not sure. I spent three weeks in Australia surrounded by Filipinos from Los Angeles. So, <laughs> Well, that's going to be fun. I could report um, from South Africa. I was there for a week. When? Um, last week of April, first week of May. Hmm. Okay, well, you'll, you'll be a medley of countries, I guess. I will. Um <laughs> So, yeah, before we jump into the show, I think we're going to have some very interesting discussions because uh, right after we finished recording last show was uh, the announcement that um, Osama bin Laden had been killed. 
And we also have a lot to talk about uh, concerning Mr. Dominique Strauss-Kahn. I mean, I think it might be more interesting to me because I'm French, but I'm sure it's, it's made the rounds. Uh, it oh, was yeah. quite a scandalous um, item on the news. But before we go into yeah, that... you French are big troublemakers. Young <laughs> girls and stuff like that. I guess we are. But... <laughs> Before before we we go into that, I wanna I wanna congratulate Turkey again um, for his betrothal. Oh, thanks, dude. Uh, so oh, yeah, that happened since I was last on the show yeah. too. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. congratulations, Mr. A lot. Mr. Turkey. Now has a Mrs. Turkey to take care of. Yeah. Um, and and so you yeah. went you went don't, to Japan. Don't, don't tell her that. <laughs> She's gonna, she's gonna she's gonna be like what to do take care of me yes exactly I don't she also probably wouldn't prefer the term Mrs Turkey is my guess but... <laughs> no. um, so you were in Japan for two weeks as I was saying earlier but it, it, it seemed like every day you were checking in from a different city on Twitter and and Foursquare or Goala I don't know what yeah Goala checking in taking some pictures. So it was so, fun. Did you did you get irradiated by some uh, Fukushima plant? No. How do you know? You might have been. I mean, do you have a third arm now? <laughs> mm, just a minute. I just need to just double check. Just a nipple. Just a Let third me double nipple. check. Uh, I don't think so. No, I okay. can't find any. All right. I'm sorry. Fourth nipple. He went in there with a third. Walked out with a fourth. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. So it was fun. Japan is. Uh, you're in love with Japan now. I did. It was amazing. Yeah? Yeah. Lovely place. Uh, We got a place in Osaka for the entire time. And Osaka people were very, very nice and helpful people, so... Mm. Yeah, Osaka is a good uh, is a good place to to make your home base when you're gonna go yeah. when you go to Japan. I mean, Tokyo yeah. is nice, but when you go to Tokyo, it's really just Tokyo. When you go mm. to Osaka, you can go to Kyoto, Kobe, Nara, exactly, uh, basically exactly. everywhere. So exactly, we made the uh, Osaka our home base. Uh, we went to Kyoto, we went to Kobe, we went to Hiroshima, went to Tokyo. Uh, oh, you, you made beef. the trip to um, Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Kyobe beef, that's the best. That's amazing. There, there's nothing like it. There is no meat in my lifetime that I've ever had quite like that. My day I, I spent in Tokyo I, I, was the best freaking beef I've ever <laughs> laid freaking eyes on. It was amazing. I, I agree with you 100%. That beef was amazing. Yeah. You, you know how it's uh, how they're raised, right? Yeah, they put them in like a hammock, right, and feed them the best oats and play classical music, and then yeah. club them over the head after a while or whatever. <laughs> they, they, I, I believe they massage them and and give them beer, um, so their their meat is something like that. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Really, they feed them beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I might, oh. I might be. I think there there might be a few people laughing at me now for this, but I think they do, and they do massage them to make the dude. I don't the care muscles. if they're feeding them fertilizers. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. I really don't care. I kind of, you know, I I I don't I don't know if I speak for the rest of Americans, but I kind of do care that they don't feed them fertilizer. But <laughs> but yes, you're right. It is amazing meat. Um, Scott, can can I ask you to turn the volume down a little bit because I think you're a lot louder than the other two? Absolutely. Hold on here. And right. um, and better? I will say, be, yeah, better. Thanks. Before we move on to the actual show, um, I just want to say that I'm a little bit miffed that you choose to that you chose Turkey to to spend your um, your your 
wed- honeymoon. Uh, honeymoon, thank you. Um, in Japan and not in the city of love where, where we could have met. I, I, the, the listeners might not know, but we've actually never met in real life, ever. Dude, so. dude how many people come to Paris and how many people go to Japan? Okay. Well, I, well there, there's more people that go to come to Paris. but Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we wanted yep. something unique. Okay. Yeah. Way to way to way to throw some uh, some Paris uh, <laughs> pride around. I like that. And, and plus, yeah. I want to enjoy my honeymoon seriously, Patrick. I really would love to enjoy my honeymoon. I don't want to come to Paris <laughs> and every five days or every two days you have a new strike in the administration. <laughs> seriously, we had absolutely <laughs> no and, strikes. And, 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 and in seriously, the whole time. don't want to be inside a car that you to okay. turn over and burn. So fine. Safer, you know, even, even though they have earthquakes and uh, nuclear meltdowns and everything in Japan, it was a lot safer than Paris. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. I thought you were going to say for a second, I, I'd like to enjoy my honeymoon. I don't want to go to a place where every two days you have this Patrick guy coming to the hotel room and annoying us with podcasts. So your version is better. <laughs> no, 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 no! Come on, we love Patrick. Everybody loves oh, Patrick. Thank you. And you, you know what? We'll we'll uh, we'll meet at the uh, at next year's Nerdtacular, hopefully, if it uh, yeah. if it comes together. Yeah. That should be great. All right, let's get into serious business, shall we? Um, I think we should start with uh, the the news of Bin Laden's death because we missed the Ooh. announcement. <laughs> it's a guy, you know, terrorist, not not oh, a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah. So we need we we missed the news of the announcement. Uh, I believe by two days uh, when we recorded the last show. Which, quite honestly, wasn't too bad because uh, Turkey wasn't on the show and I really wanted to have him on uh, when we would discuss that. And, well, I guess there, everyone already knows, of course, there's no need to go back into it. But um, it's been three and a half weeks, I guess. So it's almost old news already. But uh, Osama bin Laden was um, killed in his estate in, um, in Pakistan. And uh, he was... I think we can say assassinated by the U.S. Uh, Army forces, the Navy SEALs, I believe. Um, and, okay, assassinated, we don't exactly know how it happened, but it seems like it... it well, okay, let's not speculate too much. He was killed. No, it's, a, it's an assassination, dude. There's no, there's no other the, way to well, put it. Well, we don't really know if he was shooting at the guys no, coming no, in. No, they said, they said, the U.S. itself confessed mm. he wasn't doing anything. Okay. They just shot him. All right. Yeah. So it was it was an assassination. Yeah, that was That's, an official oh yeah, sure. uh, report. Okay. So, um, so okay, let's start. It's sort of a difficult thing to tackle, but let's start by asking if each one of you, if you guys remember where how you learned the news and what was your initial reaction personally, and then we'll get into um, how the the country reacted around you. Let Let's start with well, I guess the guy from the U.S. the most uh, uh, involved in this. Uh, Scott. Uh, sure. Um, well, I heard about it uh, Sunday that Sunday night when the news you're, broke. You're still wow. kind of loud. Sorry Am to I? be a pain. Yeah, I, I think the other ones are, are very low, but since mm. they're... Um, how, how, am I, how am I now? Is this better? Yeah. Okay. Still loud? Oh, it's good. It's good. All right. Uh, you... Where the hell was I? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the killing of a bin Laden. Uh, so uh, Sunday night, I was. I think I'm just a loud guy. That's my problem. I'm Mr. Yeah. Loudmouth. Anyway, just, just um, put the microphone a little bit farther from your mouth. How's this? <laughs> All right, I'll try right here. Um, 
So I was in the middle of prepping for the following day's episode of the morning stream, and the news came over the Internet that this had happened, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And the funny thing is I was sitting there thinking, man, there really isn't a lot to talk about tomorrow. Um, And right about the time I was thinking that, this came over the wire, and I just couldn't, you know, actually I couldn't hardly believe it. Um, We were talking about nearly 10 years since uh, essentially uh, the, the events that unfolded that made him, you know, enemy number one had occurred. And here we are nearly 10 years later and finally uh, getting news that, that he had been killed. And this amidst, you know, a decade's worth of rumors that he had been killed a long time ago, that he had died the first day, um, that we were just keeping that a secret. You know, all the conspiracy theories, and there are plenty more now that exist after the fact. But um, it was a weird kind of culmination and kind of brought me back to those days, the early 2000s, when all of this sort of happened and when everyone's um, perception of uh, terrorism changed and what we thought that meant in our own lives and that sort of thing. And so a lot of those sort of, I don't know, emotions or or states of mind kind of came rushing back um, Mm. to sort of remind you that, hey, this happened and, hey, this is a big deal and and so on. Um, For the most part, uh, the country, I don't know, there was a lot of mixed feelings here. You could see some people celebrating and, and thinking it was the greatest thing ever, and yet other people sort of more reserved, saying this is uh, this is probably good that he is no longer around, but we're not celebrating anything like this. We shouldn't celebrate any part of this. Hmm. This is all just part of a process. That's kind of where I was with the whole thing. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I felt like it was a, a long, a sort of a long time coming, but I'm in no mood to sort of act like an idiot like the Lakers just won the NBA championships. I'd rather right. be a little more subdued about it. And I feel like that's kind of the, the approach the administration is taking or has taken up to now uh, with the whole thing and the controversy surrounding photos and everything else. Um, but, yeah, that's that's generally what uh, not only my impression was, but I feel like the, the, heart, the, the pulse of the country was very mixed. It wasn't just everybody freaked out and celebrated. I don't know how this looked internationally or not, but... For the most part, it was kind of a uh, middle-of-the-road kind of reaction. I don't feel like it was too extreme on either side. Mm. Well, let's ask International Kerwin, as he will for ne- for all future times be known. Um, <laughs> I, Kerwin. Uh, yeah. I, Kerwin. Uh, where were you, first of all, when the news broke? I think I was having breakfast in my uh, hotel <clears throat> in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Wow, you're really low volume. I'm <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a nightmare show. Uh, yeah. Is this any better? Yes, you're actually, yeah, that's okay. Okay, so uh, yeah, I was in having breakfast in my hotel in Johannesburg, and there was a 91-year-old political scientist who was the guest there as well, and he was watching the TV, and he hit it up, he hit it up louder than Scott right now. <laughs> uh, because wow. he was, he, so... So it was blasting all of the celebrations from Times Square and all of these other places. I mean, my personal reaction, I don't think I really had a very strong one. Uh, I I guess I felt a slight sense of relief. Mm. And then I probably mostly felt embarrassment. Embarrassment? Because of the way it was being celebrated uh, i understand the the desire for revenge and vengeance uh but i never think it's a very attractive thing to watch and i think there's um something about grace 
in victory that would demand that we not erupt in in exuberant celebration in quite mm. the same way that we have some uh, perspective on how the losers, if you want to put it that way, are going to perceive our reaction to it. Mm. So, and how was it in Johannesburg? I guess it was the topic of discussion all around um, and in the news also. Was it reflected in the same way or? I'm not sure how much, well, I mean, amongst the people who are saying uh, they, they, I guess a lot of people thought that Osama wasn't necessarily very powerful anymore. And what was really the question is what's going to happen with Al-Qaeda? And what will happen with the leader in the leadership of Al Qaeda? Was Osama really still playing much of a role? And to will this change anything, or will this actually allow for someone more ruthless mm. uh, and perhaps less ideological, more um, lusting for power to take over? So, going into analysis of what's coming next immediately. Yeah, I would uh, say so. Hmm, that's that's I, interesting. We actually didn't get much of that uh, here. And then, shall I talk about the people around me in other contexts as well? Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead. Amongst International my friends, Kerwin. Yeah, so amongst my friends here in London, where uh, a few of them are Pakistani, and I think the Pakistanis had a very big reaction. They were absolutely livid that their government were either stupid enough or evil enough to hide or to have overlooked the presence of Osama bin Laden so close to the to Islamabad for so long. Mm. Uh, and I think that was the, that was they had the greatest sense of outrage and it was not it was not the kind of um, dual outrage of um, exuberance for his death or anger at his death. It was this thing in the middle where they They saw it as something about themselves and as about the the uh, incompetence or the corruption in their country that they were forced to just sit on the sidelines while Americans came into their country and did the dirty work. Mm. They felt that they should have uh, taken much – the country, the, the leaders of Pakistan should have taken much more of an active role in bringing – Osama to justice. So that no, very, not that's so very much the conversation here, by the way, as well. Mm. That's that seems to mirror what a lot of people talk about. Even even now, a month later, this is this is huge topic here. But okay. it, it wasn't like that. Your Pakistani friends would resent uh, the Americans for having to come in. It was more a case of being uh, accusing the government because they couldn't do that job, forcing the Americans to do it for, for them. Well, I say they resent the American presence, but they resent the failure of leadership in their own country more. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, anyone else um, that you talk to, or shall we go to Turkey? Uh, I, yes, let's hear Turkey's reaction. So, Turkey, your reaction. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be like, man, who cares? Dude, how did you read my mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, you can't. You can't give me that. It's. Seriously. I mean, every any time we talk about dude. terrorism, it's. Dude. I can understand it, but dude. in this case, you can't say that the image of terrorism and Bin Laden in general does not affect the Arab world in general, and no, no, your no, country no. is part of I'm the Arab about world. Me. I'm talking about me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not talking about the Arab world. I'm talking about me. First of all. The news broke while I was 
sleeping and enjoying a good night's sleep. Second of all, I was getting ready to get married, so I don't care shit what goes. I don't care if they blow an entire nation. So, as long I, as it's not Japan. As long as it's not Japan, and it's not my, the wedding hall. Okay. So, Patrick, and, hold on. If you ever do, if you ever do T-shirts for this show, I want yeah. one with a picture of Turkey on the front that says "I don't care shit" right on the front of it. <laughs> that would be. That would sell like hotcakes. I'm not kidding. You. Very and, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and plus, I never thought of Bin Laden as the head, the, the, the mastermind of anything. So, mm. really, for me, it did not affect. He was the, uh, f- uh, what do you call him, the image of the terrorist network. But he never was the mastermind, in my personal opinion. Well, it, it still has an effect if you destroy the image. Let's, you know, subscribe to the idea that he doesn't have uh, an act as an active role he's not the head of the movement you do you do know how it works with the islamic terrorists no 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 no. i understand that you know independent cells and each one takes on their own mission whatever no no no, not that part i'm talking about the image part uh no go ahead i'm not sure what you're getting you do uh, bin laden image has actually grown it hasn't shrunk after they he was assassinated yeah i mean okay now, now he's a martyr of god a great hero and as a, 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 a person who was uh, betrayed and assassinated by the U.S. So betrayed? He, how betrayed? How uh, betrayed by the people who reported where he was oh, located? Okay, okay. Mm. And assassinated by the U.S. in cold blood in front of his children and and wife. So mm. basically, he's now a bigger hero for the extremists. You, you well. That was going to happen no matter what, though. Yeah, that's the like, thing. That doesn't matter. That martyrdom stuff was going to happen no matter what. But this idea, yeah, see if if, if you don't if problem. if you problem. don't if you don't as Turkey see him as a as the mastermind that everyone thinks him is, well, then that of course diminishes what what the retribution was for. If you see him as the mastermind of what he did, then you see him as a guy who killed thousands of Americans, thousands of his own people, thousands in other countries and continue to uh, head a network that was capable of killing thousands of more, and that this is small retribution for his larger crimes. If you don't see those as larger crimes, well, then, of course, it looks like this terrible thing in front of his kids or whatever. But that's because you have decided he's an idiot and was never in charge of anything. If, if, if you ever read his history, you, you would agree with me. Trust me on this one. So that's not the, the, the real problem is that US, US, they, the way they assassinated him in cold blood, and they confessed. They should have just shut up. The U.S. should not have reported the truth if they wanted this to go through better. And then well, burying, burying they, him in the middle of the sea insulted many people. No, okay, addressing that, I, it might be the case, but the thing is, first of all, that possibly won Obama the election next year. So he had to to to, to announce it. Second... The alternatives to dropping him in the middle of the sea would have been even more uh, inflammatory because you would have had a place somewhere where uh, you know people could have gone and and uh, and you know like a pilgrimage. Pel- no, um, not, not 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 if they were able to convince uh, Saudi Arabia to bury him. Well, do you think they would have been able to convince Saudi Arabia? They would have the, Saudi Arabia would have the very difficult uh, time to refuse. If it was public. Mm. Wow. So, okay, let's, before we get into the discussion, um, what about, 
the, 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 you know, maybe you can tell us Saudi Arabia's reaction to the news of his death and please also sort of your view from the Arab world in general, if you can. Ah, uh, let's see. In uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, when it happened at the beginning, it was kind of a big news. Uh, everybody was following it. Uh, it wasn't as big as you might expect it would be. Uh, but it was, and also there was the problem of as soon as the details were coming out, uh, people were more interested, but they were also getting more negative uh, view of the U.S. Even by those who hated bin Laden, who were against him, uh, there's still, you know, there is a cultural thing in Saudi Arabia. And no matter what he is, uh, if he was unarmed, The fact that he was killed while he was unarmed was the biggest problem people had. Mm. Uh, the burial in sea was not also accepted by many, even those who were against him. Uh, some of them did understand the concept, why might that have happened. Uh, I think overall, the entire international world was, the Arab world in general, had very little interest. If this happened before January... It might have been a bigger impact and a huge thing. Uh, but the fact with all the revolutions in all of the Arab countries, the changes and everything that's going on. So you mean it, that these overshadowed? These, um, uh, one, one thing they overshadowed. And second thing, uh, Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda has already lost a lot of uh, image. Because hmm. now you saw all of these people, the revolutions, where the people themselves overthrew the government and brought change. While Qaeda has been trying, using, killing and doing for years, trying to do that change, and they failed until this day. So well, if, you you already, if you already have this low image uh, around the Arab world, yeah. why, why is it then such a big deal that uh, a guy, you know... Uh, responsible for thousands of deaths is unarmed and what a horrible thing it is we killed a dude with that was unarmed like why is uh, if he doesn't matter it, to them then why does that matter it matters because he was uh, at the end of the day he was still a muslim and uh, he was still shot by uh, anti-islamic christian americans anti-islamic wow. so there's there's a feeling that that was an anti-islamic in general not anti-terrorism no 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 move? not that not that operation the u.s yeah. in general is anti-Islamic, is seen yes. as anti-Islamic. Yeah. Really? Yes. yes. Hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, so you have these, and that's what's the reaction. And But as I said, in, in general, people weren't really in, that interested because the entire image of Qaeda has been falling. If you've uh, ever followed Arab cartoons, they made sure to attack Qaeda to show that the people were able to do themselves without killing what Al-Qaeda has been trying to do for years by massacres and terrorism. Hmm. Interesting. It always, me, it always it kind of just throws me back when they say, um, well, in the end, he was still a Muslim. Well, okay, but he was kind of a shitty one. You know what yeah, I mean? But, like yeah, he, but, he was they, killing they, people, and how does he get to keep that, that status? Like, isn't there, isn't there a system of saying, oh, well, he's no longer a good Muslim, so... I don't mean kill him, but you know what I mean. Like, at, w yeah. at what yeah, point like does it, Osama bin Laden not become a good Muslim? Yeah, what, d does it not? At what point does it not matter that he's a Muslim or not because he's just a, a shitty human being? You know. Uh, let's see. There's 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 two types, of, three types of people. There are those who believe in him, so we cannot discuss those people because they would say no matter what he's of he course. was a good Muslim. So yeah, those are the people that we can talk about. Then you have those who are 
neither way, neither against, neither with. But for them, he is, it doesn't matter whether he's a good Muslim or a bad Muslim. The fact is he is a Muslim. So long as he declared that there's no God but, but Allah and that Muhammad is his prophet, he's Muslims in their eyes. And he should be buried and respected as a Muslim at the end of the day in their personal views. Mm. So, it's, so it's, it's not, not, it's, it's not, not that he should be defended, period, but no. it's that he should at least be buried in the way that his faith... Exactly, mm. exactly. So you have those. And then you have... Uh, and, the sorry, just, to, just to, to, to specifically say uh, about this, the burial at sea that some, you know, that the officials said, you know, in, the, in respecting his Muslim faith... Uh, faith you say is bullshit. That's not respecting any kind of Muslim faith. No, no. And, and, and okay. the fact they, they kept on saying, well, the reason is because Muslims have to be buried quickly within 24 hours, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's true, but that's not a strict requirement. So them, the U.S. claiming that the reason is they're trying to respect his religion. They, they had to bury him 24 hours. Nobody was willing to accept him, so they decided to bury him in sea. Hmm. And that is not acceptable by any Muslims because the, there are Muslims who are dead for two or three days before they're buried. It depends on what they need. Okay. So, what's so, what, so, so I don't understand why they're mad about that. Like it, the attempt to do it quickly, why does that piss people off? Why are they mad because, about that? Because they, uh, see, it's, uh, it's uh, for Muslims. It's kind of a, you, a Muslim has to be buried in ground. Mm. It could they, you could bury him in sea only if you really, really have no option. Which wasn't the yeah. case there. Which yeah. wasn't the case for uh, because they could have waited a day or two and figure it out. And so the third uh, category of people you were talking about. And the third category are those who are against him. Yeah, so they were celebrating. Hmm. Although uh, I don't know anybody that went on the street. And as Kerman uh, said, at the end of the day, it wasn't a great image for anybody just to see people on the streets, whether he's a terrorist, a great... A killing is a killing. And, then, and, and that's my personal view also. Hmm. Okay. Whether you kill a terrorist or you kill an innocent, it's a killing. You shouldn't be celebrating. You should go mourn the dead. Uh, they should have mourned the uh, people who died in 9-11, in my personal opinion, had uh, uh, whatever, uh, what you call them in English, I forgot, uh, uh, where you get candles and pray for the dead in memory mm. and remember them instead of going in the streets and celebrating and uh, having mm. a party. Well, okay, you got to, and let's just be real clear and upfront about yeah. this, very small numbers of people did what you're saying. Very I, small numbers. I, it, it, I'm sure it's, it's, it's a, if we're comparing percentage, I'm sure it's even less than 5% of the population. But at the end of the day, is we're talking about what the news reported. Yeah, yeah, it yeah it's what showed up. Right. Yeah. It's, right. it's actually um, it, the, the same thing. In um, in France, we had sort of this image. So, okay, I I got basically the same uh, reaction as all of you guys when when the news was announced. So I'm not going to go into that. But the way we view it as reported from the U.S. was this outpouring of people of hundreds or thousands of people uh, at you know in Washington celebrating, and uh, that was already sort of a little bit uncomfortable for me um but it was displayed as this is what they're doing in the u.s new york washington everywhere people are going out and being extremely happy um and and displaying it in a way that was a little bit as kerwin and scott and and turkey said you know uh almost improper but what really got me going was 
um, se- we saw at some point a few pictures of children holding uh, banners and signs of yay, yay, the terrorist is dead or Obama is dead, well done, U.S., or something like that, which in the hands of, of, of a grown-up person is already kind of, you know, on, on the verge of, of acceptability. But in the hands of a kid, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I went on Twitter and said, okay, I, I, I'm glad Obama's dead, but... This is Obama. You already killed him twice. Yeah, everybody that's does. True. Everybody's you know? been doing it. Everybody, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's I do it left and, and right. I, and I, I have to be completely honest. <laughs> I, I made fun of Fox News for printing it at some point. There was a th- and I did it a thousand times. It's terrible. No, um, there's some, yeah, there's so. actually, we found this article, there's some uh, linguists and scientists who've done yeah. research on this, and there's actually some scientific reasons why people keep messing that up. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with culture or politics. It's got everything to do with the way we speak. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, I, I'm very glad uh, Osama's dead, uh, Bin Laden is dead, but this is effed up. Uh, and and we got a conversation going on Twitter, and and people were going about with arguments such as you know, well maybe you wouldn't think that if he had killed uh, your uncle or 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 mother or children or whatever. And uh, I don't think the the people who were going out and celebrating and the people who were giving me these arguments on Twitter had their children die in in the 9-11 attacks it might be the case i don't know but i honestly don't believe it was the case it was just everything you guys said there needs to be anytime there's a death or an, an assassination even more you know it's not something to rejoice about like you would a, a, a sports event or anything like that you need to have a little bit of I, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not even like it's or... it's not even like the end of a war. It isn't like suddenly yeah. World War II's over and there's a victor and and celebration makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. those kinds of things. You're you're absolutely right, and you're also right that um, it, it's been talked about a lot over here. But most uh, of the people who were doing the celebrating, and again, a very small percentage of people did, but those who did were not families affected by that. They were somber. <laughs> They were thoughtful. They were introverted about it. They, they, they spent time with family and friends, the people that mattered to them. They, mm-hmm. they mourned what happened on that day. In their hearts, they may have been glad that this maybe brought closure to them. But these guys, they, what you guys saw on TV, are the, uh, they're the real-world equivalent of Internet trolls. That's who that mm-hmm. is. And the kids holding banners is because they got dipshit parents handing them banners. Oh, and yeah, just exactly. The, yeah, yeah and, they, and they're not directly affected, but they're, yeah, USA, woo! And they, they, you know, they tend to make things look bad. Now, I don't fault anybody for thinking that Osama bin Laden being gone is, is better for us and better for the world. I agree with them. But dancing around about it is just dumb. It's just dumb. You know, it's very interesting, really, really interesting, because we are all rallying around that idea. I think, you know, mostly happy that he's gone, and or at least that he was a bad person and shouldn't be here. And... We're all agreeing that that display of, of exuberance was excessive, and we all feel the same way, whereas reading stuff on the Internet and even seeing the news being reported, however neutral, the, way, the, the, the images that were displayed made it seem like overwhelmingly the, the, rea- the world's reaction was dancing in the street. Um, and, and it's very interesting that this, at least in our circles, isn't the case at all, and that we were all uncomfortable um, seeing these images. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's fairly representative of most people. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone 
I don't know a soul. And when I live in a very conservative state that is that loved Bush, that is very sort of pro-gun, pro, you know, they're very conservative. All those sort of right-wing sort of stereotypes can apply a lot to the state I live in. Um, in some circles, the city is very moderate, but, you know, on outskirts and stuff, they, they can get this way. I don't know a single person who celebrated, went outside and screamed and banged pans around. None of that stuff happened here. And it's, I think yeah. that's fairly representative of most places. But, of course, you know, in New York, you're going to get a handful of people are pissed still. And they're going to come out and go, yeah, all right, look at us, USA. And I, yeah. I think if people expected anything different, they're naive. And also anyone who sees that and goes, oh, that is representative of every major city and every person in America is also being naive because that's yeah. just it's it was ridiculous. Uh, Pennington Andy in the chat room is saying I don't see much difference between Americans celebrating in the streets and Muslim burning American flags and holding up, up anti-American posters, though. And and that was some of the argument that people said you know put forth. It was like well they celebrate whatever death of an American and and that's exactly the point. There is a, there should be a difference between terrorists that celebrates a, a, a bombing and us that that you know thing that we should have something all, 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 drastic. All, I, all i'm gonna say is so if the terrorists and the bad people do something are we supposed to copy them so let's just become terrorists like them yeah no exactly that's exactly huh? the point i mean yeah. that the, the case of ben and and even to this day yeah. uh even though i believe that it was probably necessary that Ben Laden was killed that way in order to get rid of them, probably. There, it's in the, at the end of the day, it's still an assassination. There was no trial. There was no due process. There was nothing. And it's an extreme case. But, <coughs> you know, it, it's, it, accepting it, I can see. Dancing in the street and celebrating all of it is too much for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we should take terrorists and extremists as role models for us. Yeah, well, that's exactly, exactly the point. Uh, are, are you saying that that was a terrorist act uh, to assassinate uh, Bin Laden? No, I'm talking about the guy who says the Muslims are celebrating burning flags. Oh, yeah. okay. because they killed. I don't think terrorists should be our role models. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't. It's, right. it's, it's like that. It's like a childish comparison of like, yeah. Well, you took my cookie so i'm just taking your gummy bears or whatever it's just kind of ridiculous you know it's just like no one of you just take the high road and let's cut it out yeah well a few people also mentioned you know world war ii that you that you that you talked about scott earlier and like yeah trying to to put me at fault saying you know you guys in europe celebrated the death of hitler or something and <clears throat> okay fine but first of all it was a four-year war with millions of death uh, of deaths And however horrible Bin Laden was, and and terrorism is, because it is, uh, if you compare all of this to World War II, then maybe you should read up a little bit more about World War II. Well, plus World War II is a conventional war with winners and losers that are easily defined, and and it's not an issue of of vagarisms and and things happening at night and sleeper cells and the fact that killing bin laden doesn't stop terrorism really yeah exactly it's it's a totally different i I think hitler death would mean the end of the war that is more celebration of the end of the war than the death of hitler himself yeah yeah i agree with that um kerwin you're being very silent so i'm (laughs) going to give you uh one last chance to say your piece before we close the topic i don't know if i have any more pieces i I uh, I think the consensus I'm pretty happy with. I I mean, 
what's on my mind right now is actually I wanted to ask Turkey a question, and I don't know if, Patrick, you were intending to segue into this at all, but uh, one of the recent events I've been wondering about is uh, Barack Obama's speech in Egypt, I think, last week or the week before. Have I wasn't going to segue into that, but uh, please do. Well, uh, I guess just to give an introduction, and I don't know enough about the circumstances at all, but essentially Obama is doing a bit of a tour of the Middle East, and he was invited to speak at uh, one of the leading universities in Cairo, uh, and he was essentially trying to restate American policy as he saw it. And I was wondering if if, uh, Turkey thought there was much reaction to that from where he was standing. Well, he was standing in uh, the middle of Osaka. In the middle of Osaka. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you... Did, you, uh, it, uh, did what, it come what, up on your radar? Yeah. Was it in Egypt? I didn't know it was in Egypt. I, know, I heard the speech, the Middle East speech. Yeah, it was in yeah. Cairo. Yeah, I don't know where it was, but I didn't hear about it. And I did see a lot of reactions on it. And I can tell you 99% of the reaction was... So, it's hmm. just a bunch of crap. <laughs> a bunch of negative nillies over there, man. You guys don't want nothing going on. It's like, ah, you're all full of poo. He's going to go to Japan and do stuff and eat beef. No, sir, seriously, dude. This is what the, the reaction in Saudi Arabia, almost everybody had the same exact reaction. So hmm. what? You know, it's... it's again, that might be fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, you know so, so Arabs, Arabs, and Saudis, Saudis and Arabs in general are just fed up with talk. They don't want talk anymore. Either they mm. see something or they don't care. You can talk all day if you want, but they want the action. They don't want the president of the U.S. keeping promising and supporting and blah blah blah. They want him to do some action. So you know, they're tired. The way the way we uh, saw it in France was so Obama went to Egypt and finally you know rekindled the the loving flame with the Arab world. No, well, not that much, but you know at least he did a very promising speech that actually lifted up spirits and and restated his commitment to uh, to having ties with the Arab world, and uh-huh. it it was being uh, reported on as something actually effective. Um, dude, I'm dude, very surprised dude, that you're dude, dude, Obama yeah. promised. Two states at the borders of 67. And one day later, Netanyahu comes, or two days later, in the Congress and says that will never happen. Yeah, exactly. That's how. So, <laughs> is, is the, is the um, Israel issue the one that is the big, the big thing, or is there something else that no, the, the Americans could a do? Lot. So, okay, for example, what could the Americans do, like actually do, that would be convincing to the Arab world, in your you know, opinion? Uh, in my opinion, let's see. They can uh, start men- meddling into other nations' affairs. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be, if it's going to be poo for us, I would please like it to be poo for everyone, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is the that glass is so half empty. I don't even have to look at it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's, That's not exactly where I was expecting it to go, but uh, I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> All right, so they uh, could they could put their soldiers in their own land and just live there and ignore everybody else for a while. Yeah, so it's it's still seen as a as a uh, empire with tentacles everywhere where it shouldn't have. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, the reaction of the U.S. against the revolutions that happened in the Arab nations did not help them at all because the U.S. started being careful. They didn't support them immediately, unlike maybe France was a little more aggressive in supporting the revolutions. Uh, the U.S. was too afraid. No, he might be still in power. Let's try and stay in the middle and then see mm. he was winning. Then we can bend. So the U.S. was seen as a hypocritic country. Hypocrite. When the, yeah, hypocrite. When the people won, then they started supporting the people. And we supported the people. And we pushed for this democratic movement within the people themselves and blah, blah, blah. And that all happened after the people won. Right, but if but if they would have jumped, you know, reacted more early and said, "Yeah, power to the people!" Woo! Well, then then we're seen as meddling in the process again. I don't so, think there is so, a win so, for us so, in this. So, so, so just shut up! Don't say either. Oh, well, that's no, that's not fair. First of all, I think it's unfair because you can't not say something. And second of all, I think you're being unfair when you're saying they're not being getting involved. They're getting heavily involved in Libya and Syria. You're talking about the two countries that they have the support of the Arab people and the support of the international community. Did they heavily involve in Tunisia and Egypt? Well, they... Uh, in the end, yeah, no, 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 I agree. In the end, yes. Yeah. But yeah. It, the, yeah. the, nobody, to get no, the look, consensus... Nobody cares. nobody cares about Libya. Libya, everybody's against Gaddafi. Gaddafi has always been hated. Syria, everybody knows it's an aggressive, ultimate dictator, dictatorship. And, dude, I've been to, to Syria. You know how bad it is in Syria? I uh, actually bad. was sitting and talking with people and making jokes that I would do normally here in Saudi Arabia. Maybe a little politics. Everybody looked at me horrified. Hmm. And they say, are you crazy to say something like that? Shut up. We don't want to get arrested. They can jump us any minute and arrest us, all of us. Hmm. <laughs> all right. So, okay. <laughs> with that, let's move on <laughs> to... <laughs> Um, no, I mean, it, it, again, there would be a lot to say about these two and the position of the, the U.S. and other countries because, honestly, I think it's – again, I still think it's a little bit unfair to single out the U.S. when everyone else has been acting the same way, but okay. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's not about uh, – the U.S. is the most uh, view prominent, sure. prominent yeah. one. So what yeah. which, is part, mean, which is, which is part of the problem. Be, that's yeah. part of the problem is because we are in that position of most influence, it does not matter which thing we do. Yeah. We get yelled at for it. So, But I still like your scenario of, hey, if your dog's going to poop on my lawn, <laughs> I would, the, the, the solution for that is to, could you please have your dog take a shit on every other lawn in the neighborhood? <laughs> that I should work. It. I love it. Um, about talking about dogs and dogs misbehaving, uh, yeah, I mean dogs as in dogs in heat or whatever. Okay, I want to talk about uh, Dominique Foscan. <laughs> what? Let's not push that about? one. Um, you know, Count like dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like, wolves. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dominique Foscan is, of course, the president of the um, IMF. Ex-president. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Ex-executive director, if we want to be pedantic, which I often do. I, 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 yeah, I love being pedantic. <laughs> so ex-executive director of the IMF, who, of course, was, was um, arrested a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, as he was uh, 
almost going to fly off to France uh, because he was accused of having sexually molested a maid in his hotel in um, New York, I believe. Yeah, I yeah, think so. That, that's where it was. Wait, uh, Patrick, is he a conservative or a liberal? Um, in France, he's... Uh, in France, they're all liberals, but they may call <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning, is he a Sarkozy guy or a position guy? Um, in France, he is a left-wing, like, left-wing, center left-wing. So to the right of the left, but still very much socialist. Yeah, so he's anti-Sarkozy. Um, it's hard to, to define like that, but yes, basically he's in the party. Had he... So- so, um, so, so could Sarkozy have planted that whole thing for him? So, okay, let's let's get into it straight away. Let's get into it straight away. So, when we when we when I first um, learned that that arrest, I was it was the middle of the night here. I was going to go to bed, and I checked Twitter, of course, as uh, I always do. It was maybe three in the morning, and I started seeing things like uh, Dominique Schlosskan is called DSK in France, DSK, um, and there were a bunch of hashtags with DSK and like DSK with. How can I put it? Uh, less flattering acronyms uh, referring to various orifices and uh, body parts. Whoa. And um, so it, I was like, okay, what, what the hell happened and w- what is this about? And you have to remember that, as, as Turkey was saying, he is one of the main um, contentant or he was contendants uh, for the... Uh, presidential race that's going to happen next year in France. So he was basically the the, the main left-wing uh, representative that would have been pitted against <coughs> Sarkozy if Sarkozy is going to run, which is not 100% certain yet. Um, so he was probably going to uh, resign from the IMF and going to run for presidency in France. He had not announced anything. So anyway, I start seeing these um, hashtags and start wondering what this is about, finally get the link to a story and see that he was arrested. So my immediate reaction beyond a, a gigantic WTF is, oh my God, I cannot believe, like, literally, I cannot... I do not believe that he could have been so stupid as to do something like that a year away from the presidential election. I immediately put that in relation to the election. So it was incredulity, complete, total and utter incredulity, like uh, maybe he did it, but I just can't believe he was, would be so dumb. Le- even if he was a sexual pervert, I would think that... A year from his potential election, he could have kept in it in his pants for, pants for a year just because of the risk of actually doing something like that. I think you've you know, forgotten how how mankind ultimately so many of them think with their wieners, and this guy did the same thing. And I we have examples of that here with um, oh I forgot his name already. Anyway, he was very close to running for the Democratic ticket. A couple of times, actually did run in 04 and then ran. I think he was running again in 08 and then pulled out because the whole time. Oh, Edwards, John Edwards. Um, he's this young, dashing, you know, smart, <clears throat> educated politician who a lot of people had a lot of hope in. And ended up, turns out he had all the, these affairs. The $400 haircut guy. He exactly. Had a bunch of affairs uh, while, uh, of course, married. While his wife was going through horrible cancer treatment. 
um, just kind of a douche generally. And this is totally more about me than it is about anyone else, but there's video proof of in 2006 where John Edwards butted in the front of the line to get a PS3 on launch day. But that's got nothing to do with politics. <laughs> but anyway, so these guys, I, I think they do this stuff. Move. They feel powerful. They they feel like they're untouchable. They get in a situation where, you know, the maids all you know, are you want mint for pillow? And he's like, yeah, baby, and and you're and you're done. And it's and before you know it, you have made a you know a terrible mistake. And I think that's just humanity. Well, just, okay. First of all, first of all, we don't know that he's actually guilty. So I don't know. You know, he's presumed innocent until proven otherwise. He's, so, he's French, so he must be guilty. <laughs> oh my God! So many people have been okay. Let's let's clear something up immediately. Um, the, I have a feeling that the, the rest of the world thinks that the French are going to excuse his behavior if he actually molested her, which I really, really want to make clear. We might have um, uh, less um, regard for a, a couple's intimate life and, you know, maybe someone will have an affair and we don't really care, but... I thought you were playing the affair Rise music. Who was that? That was weird. <laughs> um, but if he actually molested her and if he raped her, there's no question. It's not like we're going to go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because uh, he's French and we do that from time to time. There's no question. No one is going to <laughs> even think that. You know, having that, an affair with two say. consenting adults is one thing. Having raping someone is never acceptable anywhere, any any form of it. <laughs> so I just want to make this very clear because <laughs> I really feel like some people are are afraid that you know the uh, actually think that the French would be bah, whatever she was a maid. You know? Yeah, I hope they don't think that. That would be terrible. But people don't think you that. think? Don't you think that some people believe that that's the way we would react? Well, in the same the same way that everyone thinks we're uh, all Americans are gun toting cowboy hat wearing douchebags. They, oh, there well, are people that's different who, because it's true. <laughs> because it's see exactly. <laughs> so uh, there are there are people in this world who see the stereotype of, of various Frenchisms and they go, oh yeah, well of course they, of course this guy did that because that's what they do. They everything's expected, and if you're a woman in France, you may as well give it up. And I've heard people say this during this controversy, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't ring true with me at all, of course. But yeah, I think people people get dumb ideas in their heads and. You know, before you know it, you got a yeah. full-blown conspiracy that Turkey probably started somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it, it is true again that an affair is not. We consider the, the, even a politician's private life their business, and we will never, you know, see him as less of a good politician because he had an affair and you know something like that. It, that it doesn't come into it. And famously, uh, Frédéric, uh, Frédéric, no, François Mitterrand was a president for a very long time, and he had basically two families living in the, the Élysée Palace, the, the presidential palace in France. And if anything, when we finally found out about that, we were pissed off because he was using our money to host a second family, which, you know, that's obviously a, a, a problem. But the fact that he had a, a, a wife and a mistress, that way. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, he can do what he wants with his cheese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so basically my first reaction, I'm getting, going really long into this, but my first reaction was, I can't believe he would be so stupid as to do this. And then as the, the days went by, not only did it seem more and more likely that he actually did it, 
through you know rumors and and leaks from the the trials but beyond that a, a few other people came out uh, in France saying well actually you know what he, he's always known to be sort of a dog in heat in the French political scene and women around him knew not to be alone with him in a, in a room for too long and th this one girl said that she actually was almost raped and and her mother told him told her not to to uh, uh log a complaint against him because she would become the woman that cried rape and it would never leave her she was a little bit young so basically it became more and more believable and I think all of us in France, most of us, woke up and we also realized that apparently, at least in, in the press, we sort of knew, uh, the, the, the journalists sort, sort of knew that he was less than, um, you know, he wasn't a very savory person on that level. So it was sort of like, holy crap, what is all this about? What, really? And and now we're 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 sort of abandoning him you you'll always have some people who are like oh but i can't believe he did it he's our you know he's on our side whatever but mostly we're not defending him at all we're like fine you know do whatever you need with him have a, a fair trial and he if he's considered guilty then he's guilty we're not going to if he actually did this whatever throw him in in jail and we're, we're actually so, ticked so, off so that he would get French released think on he could get taken get the fair trial in the u.s a french guy Oh no, we think, oh, well, he, I think he'd he be is fine here. <laughs> we love French people. <laughs> no, I think no, there's no. also there's also a weird I think there's a weird misconception that we have there's some kind of weird animosity with French. I don't feel that at all. I think you, you, you change your fries from French fries to freedom fries. <laughs> no, about three people did and it made the news. That's what happened there. So of course, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be people, small pockets of everything. I mean this episode is just a reminder to me that that the littlest bit of sensational coverage can translate into an entire cultural assumption pretty easily. And I don't, I don't mean you're doing that, Turkey, but what I mean is it's, it's easy for people to say, we're changing them to Freedom Fries, and then have the whole world go, oh, my gosh, did you hear what's happening in the U.S.? They're, they're renaming them Freedom Fries. <laughs> Nine, I, I never saw a single menu item at anywhere I eat, and I love eating out, that ever had anything remotely termed Freedom Fries. Dude, so, I would love to eat Freedom Fries. <laughs> Dude, I know how you are with nachos. We're gonna have nachos when you get here. Yeah, that's what we're gonna yeah. do first. But yeah. Anyway, um, I just it drives me crazy because I'm sure that you know, just like I tease Patrick, but I know not every French person smells like cheese and has hairy armpits. I know it's not true. Uh, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, it's just you. Um, so okay, so what what did you you know not you but how did uh, how did was it this news received in the U.S. What what we we're hearing here because we get U.S. Comment, commentators is like. Well, in the U.S., it's sort of like we're used to that kind of crap because it, it, it happens all the time. So it's not surprising at all, whereas here it was like uh, earthquake. Hello? Scott? Okay, you're contract. back. You cut out for a sec. Sorry. Oh, I thought sorry. I was lost, and, but you were still showing up. I, and, you went, I, and then I lost you. What would you say? Ask me the question again. Yeah, I was saying, um, how was it received in the U.S.? Because here we had a few commentators from the U.S. say, well, you know, the, this kind of thing, powerful men that get, you know, caught with their, you know, pants down is, is a common thing. Whereas here in France, it was like completely earth-breaking, shattering. Oh, well, uh, this sort of thing is not a 
Hmm. Let's say that we're not new to these kinds of controversies. Certainly, um, I would I would point to Bill Clinton as a <laughs> as an example of a dude who couldn't keep his wiener in. Yeah, but it um, was fun that it's happening to a French guy, right? Right. There's something fun about that, but but I, but also, I mean, a lot of people see us as very um, uptight and sort of oh, you know, because when when our politicians have affairs, we kind of you know it's sort of looked down upon generally, um, but because we see it as a not as a oh, we need to meddle in his personal life, but we see it as a reflection of his character. If he is willing to cheat on her, he's willing to cheat in government, he's willing to cheat on voters, he's willing to cheat in general. And so that's, you know, that's that's why that is looked down on like that. that that's that's very funny because it it that I I had a long discussion with my girlfriend uh, about this, and she was also saying in in Scandinavia or at least in Finland, that's exactly what it is, and it makes complete sense. But it probably says something about us that I never really put these two together. I was like, my my initial natural kind of uh, 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 inclination was. Well, it's his private life, and it doesn't really mean anything else. But it's absolutely absolutely true, and I can understand how you would see that. But at the same time, if you go down that road, it's sort of like asking everyone to be perfect because everything if everything reflects on everything, then they, these people can't do any mistake ever because everything is going to refle- reflect on their character. And then you lead to them trying to be these picture-perfect, hypocritical images of what we would like them to be. Sort of, no, you know. you're, you're right about that, but you can But it's but it's a lot easier to to say that. Well, because let's say cheating on your wife without her knowing. Now, let's say that the the Bill Clinton and Hillary were really into swinging, and they were both sort of in on the deal. Well, then I don't. Yeah. Then who gives a rat's ass? That that is their private business. Let them do what they want. But the fact that he would, and I, I hate using Clinton because he's not a great example. But let's let's say it's somebody you knew or whatever is willing to totally cheat, destroy that marriage break up the family all that kind of stuff is willing to do that for a little bit of tail then what uh, what are they willing to because if they're willing to do that and give that up and to risk that then what are they willing to give up and risk when it comes to the political future of local or state or national yeah. government yeah, and no, that's it, where it people have sense. a problem yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, because it's a big thing now if it was something like no new taxes and then you get in the office and six months later oh shoot we got to raise taxes that's mm. different that's more of a like Wow, you really were naive. You didn't know what you were getting into, and you ended up yeah. having to raise taxes just like anyone else would have. But man, you shouldn't have said all that stuff before you understood the real ramifications of having to raise taxes. I mean, that's a that's a arguably different kind of scenario. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I want to point out is that Bill Clinton, if he actually you know that did what he did, it was I, I imagine uh, more. Um, Voluntary. I mean, it was consenting adults, I believe, as much as it can be when the president asks you to do something. Um, Whereas in that case, it was clearly rape. So there has to be a distinction there, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, there's no question. I'm guessing if your dude had gotten an intern and said, hey, baby, what do you think about the, the, you know, the broom closet over there, let's go. And she said, oh, yes, this sounds like a great idea. And they went off and did their thing. That would this would be a very different conversation uh, in the media about this yeah. than it is Which, well, because actually, he is being accused of a crime. Really, that that conversation happened, uh, I think, eight or nine months ago when that actually happened, and he did have an affair with one of his secretaries or something. Mm. So, yeah, right. he, it's it's it, he's not on his first. Uh, it obviously there are ethical questions there. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, he's not going to start in his late fifties and suddenly go. I'm uh, suddenly I like uh, having affairs. It doesn't work that way. The yeah. guy's been at it for a while, and yeah. as Turkey says, he's French. So there you go. And and the <laughs> most incredible thing is his wife is a, a very well known French uh, TV uh, anchor. Um, she she gave up the business a few years ago, I believe, but she's very 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 well known. And she rushed to his side and she paid her her uh, bo- uh, bond. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And and she's renting that outrageous fifty thousand dollars a month uh, house for him to living while he's uh, under house arrest. When and that is sort of a little bit, you know, it's too much even for us. We're like, she doesn't even question anything. She's just paying. So yeah. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I've been talking too much, guys. Kerwin Turkey, uh, any words on this? I. Beyond the appreciation of the the nature of the Frenchness of that guy, has it well, even been uh, I, I making the news? To, or I actually, well, it has been making news. I wanted to speak to the Frenchness of it because uh, I don't know if any of you remember a book that came out a couple of years ago called Lust in Translation, which was talking about lust as in lust. lust. That's right, Lust okay. in Translation by Pamela Druckerman, I think it was, and it was. Can, can you at, get closer to the mic a little bit? You're going down again. Is that better? Uh, more. <laughs> How's that? Yes. Okay. There you go. Could, could you just okay. swallow the microphone? That would work. Well, just a matter of millimeters. Best, best produced show ever. Okay, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> okay. So, and it was looking at the. Culture. Ed, you're down again. Okay. No, oh, I'll, I'll try to do something in post. Okay. So it was. Uh, it's talking about. Uh, infidelity, the culture of infidelity around the world, but also one thing that she sought was a table that showed the rates of infidelity in the past year of various countries around the world. And both France and the US uh, were right down the bottom of the table. Really? Only 2 or 3% of people were reported having had extramarital sex in the previous 12 months. The highest countries tended to be in West Africa, where the rates were, you know, 20 to 30, nearly 40% in some cases. And then, and it wasn't about income levels or poverty or anything like that. I think the the country that was right down the very bottom of the list with less than 1% was Kazakhstan. But what the table was showing is that Americans... because all the women look like men there, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I know some very pretty Kazakh, Kazakh women. Uh, um, I, I got to quit using, uh, uh, what was that show, that movie? Um, Brun- or not Bruno, Bruno, the other one. Yeah. Bruno? Borat. 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 I can't use Borat as the basis for my Kazakhstan <laughs> reference. Um, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so I guess the point was Americans might get very puritanical about it. The French people might get might like to joke about it, but neither of them are really having many affairs at all. That's a very interesting and, uh, I would say, joyful point for me. Uh, it's, <laughs> and for some reason, it makes me happy that we're actually, you know, not just as not bad as the U.S., where everyone is going like, oh, it's the French. Of course, they're going to be pigs. And, oh, cool. Well, just, just proof again that a stereotype can... Yeah. Be more per- pervasive than truth in almost every case, and, and that's and certainly here the is, case of that. Oh, Scott, I think someone's at the door. <laughs> no, that's my door. Oh, okay. Oh. And, and so this is the uh, the the paternalistic uh, teaching of this show. 
do not believe in stereotypes. <laughs> People are actually complex and uh, might Yeah, but you. stereotypes are fun, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the more you know. Um, okay, so, yeah, Kerwin, keep going. And now, I know, I'll keep going, but before I do, I know no one at all cares about this, but since I was being pedantic and correcting people, I should correct myself and say he's the managing director who's elected by the executive directors of the IMF, not an executive director by himself. And Aww. now I can breathe. Okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> so he's, he's the assistant to the you. assistant manager, basically, is the idea. No, no, he's the managing no, no, no. director. Oh, all right. he, he, he's, he's the top top dude, top he's dog. He's the top dude. Yeah. Uh, they just don't have that on his business card, top dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the um, – okay, I'll say that later. Keep so going. So I, I guess my reaction was um, very much like the French reaction of I can't believe someone would do something so stupid. But I really did not believe it to begin with. I thought it was a setup or a plant or something because the description – of what he did just seemed so ludicrous. No one would ever be, no one would ever be that self-destructive unless they had mm. serious psychological trauma. The description I read was, uh, "He chased me down the hallway and forced me to, you know, um, perform oral sex." All right, okay. Ew. Someone else wanted to say it, but the point was what? Who chases? Old, old people are gross. That's all. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But my my point is that about. Whoever chases someone down the hallway of a five-star hotel, even if they are, you know, ev- anyone kind of but Charlie Sheen, unless they were having an extremely <laughs> Charlie Sheen moment, they wouldn't. He would never. They would never do something so silly. I mean, but I, I don't think he he went outside his room. It. it I don't I know how big was this suite that he had. How many hallways were inside it? I guess I'm yeah. not sure about that. But the description yeah. just seemed really wacky. Uh, it seemed like something made up by a very bad scriptwriter. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and and just to be clear, the, the, that idea that you mentioned of a setup was absolutely on the mind of everyone in France. Set up either by Sarkozy, although it's not certain that this actually helps him a huge amount, but maybe by the the people of his uh, political family because he was the best candidate and maybe someone else would have wanted to take his place in the race. But all of these were outlandish and and now everyone's agreed that, well, he it seems like he probably did it. And I, I guess I still feel passionately enough about French politics that there's a part of me that really wants... Uh, wants to be able to overlook these circumstances and hopes that he can still be a great socialist president for France. Oh, um, now no way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, what I'm saying, there's this small part of me that wishes, kind of still wishes it weren't true and still wishes that... Uh, that right, the delusional part. ...whatever, because um, I think if these facts hadn't come to light, I probably would be still of the mind that he would be a great socialist president for France. And mm. I was very much of the opinion that he should have been the president now. I, th- I, mean, I think uh, living in Paris during the previous presidential election, I think the Socialist Party made a mistake at the time to uh, put Ségolène Royal in the primaries and not Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Oh, and to be completely clear, he was not only the best candidate for the the left-wing party, but he was someone that even the right-wing voters, traditional right-wing voters, were were considering 
in in the that that race. So he was a, an incredible candidate for that for that presidential. I love election. his name, by the way. This hasn't come up yet, but he has a great freaking name. He Dominic Strauss-Kahn. Yeah, that's just awesome. It sounds yeah. so like. I don't know. There's a regalness to that name. Turns out he's a douche, but the name is awesome. Dude, my name is cooler. <laughs> uh, whatever, Turkey, the, whatever the French word is for douche, sorry. Because uh, that's shower there, right? Whatever it is. <laughs> well, actually, yes. Douche is shower in French. You people are weird. Um, okay, Turkey, your, your views and, and entertaining thoughts, I'm sure. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> wow, Turkey is at a loss for words. I've never seen that happen. Well, I do have a few words. I don't think they're appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> no short version. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, come on. I mean, the, the IMF is an important financial institution, and, and their, his demise sort of put in, in question its activities on the, in the, the third world countries and their, their dedication to it. I mean, he's, he was driving something. Because beyond his doucheness, he was doing good, good stuff at the IMF. Uh, seriously, dude. The only reason the French are interested is because he's French. The only reason the Americans are interested is because it happened in the U.S., so, hmm. why would well, we be interested? Oh, I think we'd be, we'd still be interested. We don't care that it happened here. In fact, I, for the longest time, I didn't think it did. I, I thought I, my understanding was it was something like in London or whatever, but I was unaware it was New York until I'd read further. Hmm. But I think we'd have still, we, we love a good splash. Scandal. And when it's not us, it's great. So, but let, let's ask uh, International Kerwin what the, the rest of the world thinks. Is it really, do we only care because he's French and it happened in the U.S.? or? Is it actually yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much the only reason. Oh, I mean, damn it. No, the people, the people around me care not because of uh, who he is, but because of what the IMF is. So mm. there's a, um, and then the concern is not really for Dominic Strauss-Kahn as a person. The concern is about well, what happens with the leadership of the IMF, and yeah. um, is this an opportunity for someone other than a European to get the job of running the show there? Mm. Which, by the way, yeah, that's the, the big question now. Um, he, we have put forth another um, person <laughs> to, to run the IMF because traditionally it's a European. And we're I would like, be happy to lend my services. <laughs> well, you know, you can always, uh, always – I would vote for you. Sure. I, I think you would be a great uh, – IMF, what, what's the name? Like executive managing director? Head dude, I think. <laughs> top <Head> dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> IMF top dude. Wasn't that it? Top dude? Yeah, yeah. top dude. Uh, but yeah, Christi, it, this time it's a woman that we're thinking of, uh, you know. Oh, so she must be safe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, All right. Um, let's move on quickly to our local stories, if we have any. Um, I actually have one that I might use as a sort of fun, uh, fun thing at the end. Uh, but is it all do, about do, a French uh, diplomat who got frisky in New York? Is that is that that story? Oh no, it's not. <laughs> I I've, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all new to you. All right. Yeah. Um, so innocent Patrick. <laughs> so so yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. If and if you don't have any, it's fine. We've been going on for like. 
an hour and 15 minutes or so. I got so. a quick I got a quick one. Um, okay. The big talk in our country right now has shifted from uh, bin Laden's death and um, various other domestic issues and such to the absolutely hideous weather patterns we've had this year and the resulting tornadoes that have uprooted um, thousands and thousands of people, killed many, destroyed uh, millions, if not billions of dollars worth of property. Um, it's a freaking mess. And it's it's just one of those luck of the draw years where uh, the climate is just at the right. All the perfect storm elements are there to create some of the worst devastation we've seen in a long time. And this this one specifically that wiped out an entire town um, in Joplin, Missouri, is just heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. And I don't know if anyone else outside of the <clears throat> U.S. has followed it much, but there was a relatively popular uh, YouTube channel kid who did a lot of YouTube work who is <clears throat> currently in high school. Big story about him getting sucked out of a out of his uh, the SUV he and his father were driving home from graduation in, and they just found him today, and uh, he was he was of course dead and. Uh, who, who was uh, who was he on YouTube? I, I can't remember the name, I, and it's not something I would have been into, but it's definitely something like teenagers would have really liked. It was just kind of this kid chronicling his high school time and, and uh, so stuff it's not like this. something like Fred or, or Annoying Orange or no 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 nothing stuff. quite like that. But okay. but but big enough to you know he had eighty five something million total views mm-hmm. on his videos and okay. you know had a had a fair number of followers. But it's just sad because the kid's like fifteen sixteen and just. You know, yanked out of it. So, so that's made the story kind of personal. But on a larger scale, I've just tore these communities apart. And they have these these comparison shots of Google images of the streets of this town juxtaposed to pictures taken after the tornado. And it's, it's uh, unbelievable how utterly destroyed everything is. Um, a reminder that, you know, Mother Nature is pretty badass when she wants to be. And, and it just tore these guys up and... So there's just, you know, those tornadoes, the ones that happened in Alabama that, that destroyed lots and lots and lots of homes and, and uh, mm. destroyed lives and everything else. And for whatever reason, this year is just crazy with the weather. I had hail yesterday and then mm. 75 degrees later, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but there's some weird cloud movement and other stuff, and it's it's been pretty bad. So that's kind of the, yeah. that's been a big deal here. Sam Prozer is saying uh, Will Norton is the name of the kid. Uh, thanks, That's Sam. it. Yep, that's it. Uh, in the chat room. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We, we sort of mentioned it uh, last month uh, very briefly, but um, th- it hasn't been making the news almost at all um, in France. It, it's one of those things where it's very easy for us um, to say, oh, you haven't heard about that tiny thing that happened in the south of the center region of the left of the, you know, department in France. Right. But, but, this actually sounds like it's it's a pretty major um, thing, and we really haven't heard. For us, as I was saying last month, again, it's like, yeah, that kind of thing happens every year, and it seems like that's not the case. Um, it, it does happen every year, but this year, especially bad. This is yeah. Katrina-level level destruction, or right. more maybe, maybe even more than that. But, it, you know, I'm not that surprised. It's not like we hear, like, I remember last time I was on the show, we had the Australian perspective of the terrible flooding they had up north. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it was very, very little talk about that here. Mm. So I, I, I totally get how that, how that works. But that has been very dominant here, for sure. Mm. All right. Um, guys, anything else? Uh, let's see. Uh, let me mention three news articles we haven't spoken about first quickly. One. 
please let one be the raptor in the U.S. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, oh that, that was big, too, but that, that was more subculture, yeah. That, yeah. That, that I don't want to talk about seriously, okay. dude. That's, that's, <laughs> all right, that's, all right. That's, that's, that's <laughs> just, just pathetic, dude. dude, dude. I, I don't, I I don't really, think I've really... ever heard as much despair in your voice <laughs> as I for this. So we, we uh, won't go into that. Okay. One, uh, Egypt just opened the border crossing with Gaza officially. Right. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. They did yeah. that today. Uh, two, of course, Meladic was arrested. Yep. And three, three French people, uh, citizens have been kidnapped in Yemen. Whoa. Oh, I didn't. Really? When? Uh, an hour ago. Wow. And, okay, I was, I was going to be... The... Up to the minute there, jeez. Yeah. Um, well, Ratko Mladic, obviously, we've he been hearing a lot about, uh, but that the, the the French citizens in Yemen, I was surprised I hadn't heard about it, but uh, yeah. that's, if that's it's that's an just, hour ago. This came out an hour ago or less, even. Well, do you mean yeah. you're you're like not completely focused on the show and, and watching the news while we're doing the show? Dude, part of the show is talking about the news. I have to see okay. it in front of me. Fine. And then the news, <laughs> local news, which is a big deal, is about women driving. Oh, right. Oh. I actually heard about that. Yeah. So yeah. is that happening? Are we going to get women drivers in Saudi Arabia? Not yet. They arrested two women who tried to drive. In so, yeah, c can you summarize the, 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 the topic? Because maybe some of the listeners have not heard the whole, uh, the whole thing because it's, it's turning into something big. Sounds yeah, well, so I'm I'm go I'm going to be a little vague since I was in in uh, Japan when all this happening, so I don't want to go into details and get it all wrong. But the short version is oh, just do I do it all yeah. the time. It's fine. Yeah, apparently some uh, there was a movement. They were calling that women should go out and drive on June 17th, and uh, this the leader of this movement decided to go and drive. I think a couple a week or two ago. By herself, she had her brother with her, her uh, uh, sister-in-law, and her t uh, son, and, they, and she drove them in uh, the eastern province. And the uh, religious police stopped her, and then the police came and arrested her for yeah. driving. I believe she put a, w a video on YouTube or on the net. Yeah, somewhere. I think so. I think yeah. there was some video. So it's a big deal. There's a lot of uh, reactions about it. Those who support women drivers, those who oppose it. There's also another woman that was arrested in the same reason for trying to drive uh, north trying of Riyadh. Uh, she, she she drove and she was arrested. Mm. So right now the biggest topic in Saudi Arabia is women driving, yes or no. And is there a chance that this is going to be to turn into something, or is it completely, you know? Uh, it's not really clear. There's uh, there's too much division within the country that it's not really clear how it's going to end up. Uh, it still sounds so crazy to me. And I know I mean no disrespect to anything culturally or religiously, but the idea no, that dude, I agree everyone's with you. flipping her out. I don't get it. I just don't I get agree it. With you. I agree with you. Uh, the problem is it's, uh, it's a very stupid reason. Officially, religiously, women should be able to drive. However, they're using an excuse which is uh, religious leaders usually use from time to time to ban something they don't like, which is to uh, banning women from driving is a way to uh, stop uh, trouble. It's too much trouble, so let's avoid the trouble. Oh, well, when you see yeah. how women drive, I mean, obviously. 
personally, I support women driving, but I also don't want them to drive. Seriously, if you haven't driven in reality, you never want women to. You don't need one more drivers. So, so unless they fix the entire driving system in this country, I really don't think we need to increase the population of drivers. See, no, that's I think what's what, funny because what it does do. come down to that, right? Like you'd effectively double the traffic, really. Yeah. No, because exactly. women have have drivers. They have drivers, but what uh, totally a household bad. that has yeah. five five women, they have one or two drivers maximum. Mm. But if women can drive, trust me, each one will have their own car driving. Yeah. I think yeah. what you should do is alternate. Like one day is women women driving, and one day is men driving. I think that would work. I have no problem with that, but my wife refuses to drive. Really? Yeah, she says she prefers someone to drive her around. Well, huh. I'm, I'm kind of with her, if you want the truth. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I, I don't mind having someone driving me around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what these women are complaining about. Yeah, I guess um, the issue is they should be able to choose that, but if they so choose to still be driven around, so be it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah so, so it's a big course. deal, and uh, people are keeping an eye on it. I really don't, mm. I don't care that much. So since my wife doesn't want to drive, so I really well, you know, I, themselves. Sure, but I mean, it's it's going beyond the the anecdote of driving. It's also a symbol of of women's rights in general, and the fact that women would rebel and demand something and actually act on it is goes beyond the simple fact of you know women are not allowed to drive. It's it's a it's mm-hmm. a little bit more than that. Yeah, but in Saudi Arabia it's even more complicated. And trust me, it's mm. so nasty. If you ever follow the forums in Arabic, it's really nasty. Both mm. parties are being very nasty. Nasty how? And then responding to the other party. Well that's Thanks. just internet so, trolls. Yeah uh, no no no. These are real people. These are not internet trolls, trust me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you can. You, if you sit in a, if you get in the right group, you will hear it. People talking in the same yeah. way. There were also some war in the newspapers, like between newspapers and people oh. who write newspapers. No, it's it's uh, it's really stupid. It's very few people are talking. Like I don't have a problem if you're against women driving, as long as you say it in a logical and acceptable way, which very few do. Well, to be honest, I don't think there is a logical way. No, to, to no, your actually, actually, there is a logical way. The current situation in Saudi, yes, hmm. there is a okay. logical way. They, we do have a lot of problems when it comes to women driving. Uh, a lot of women would uh, demand that they keep their burqa on, which is be dangerous. Hmm. Uh, but we would prefer and the people who demand driving would prefer women to uncover their faces when they're driving. You have a problem that some policemen would refuse to deal with women for religious reasons oh, and right. some women would refuse to deal with policemen. So there are other reasons that uh, would uh, yeah. complicate the process. Well, yeah, it's yeah, never it's simple. I, it's I never, never like, yeah. like yeah, I didn't even like, oh, think hey, about so, all of these. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, yeah. suddenly you can drive, but that burqa may cover your eyes and it may get yeah. tangled up in your feet. And yeah, you yeah. don't think about that. No, but yeah. uh, beyond that, the, the dealing with, you know, police men dealing yeah. with women is, yeah, yeah okay. Well, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you have all of these complications. So you have those. But then you have those who are, if you say I support a woman driver, they start calling you names, insulting you. You're mm. sinful. You're a liberal. You're a Westerner trying to impose mm. your ideas on us. Then you have those extreme liberals who would say, call those who are against women driving, or oh, that you are close-minded, you're extremists, you are torturing women, even those who are giving uh, balanced opinions. If mm. you are against, you're either with or against. And that's the, mm. uh, what many people who are actually interested mm. in this topic are. They're either with or against. There's no middle ground for them. 
It's yeah, it's it's really interesting because again, we heard about this, but the way we're we're seeing it reported on is women are it's almost like revolutions in in Tunisia and you know, it's almost and- a, 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 a civil problem. movement of women and going... Yeah. And, that's, and that's the problem with the media. Now, I, as I say, I do support law and order, but less, uh, the way it's reported, you would think that the entire population of women in Saudi Arabia stood up and demanded to drive. When in- uh, no, 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 I don't think that's... I mean, here, at least, it's, it's not that strong. It's a, a, a movement of some women. It's not like everyone is, is rising up. Uh, maybe I no, misrepresented but, um, that. Yeah, but there's a lot of women who oppose it also. Mm. So you have these two conflicting people, and you're only hearing the point of view, especially in the Western media, of one one part, which the people you Western media supports, which is the ones who want to drive. Sure. And you never hear even the middle people who are in the middle. You never hear their voices who say, "Well, we need to fix this problem first because before we can allow women to drive. Because if we allow them just right now, immediately, it's going to be a huge disaster because of this and this." And mm. as I said, we have a horrible driving system here. We have horrible traffic. It's just unbelievable. There's a lot that needs to be done first before you can even allow women to drive. And then you have to have the right uh, training schools. You have to figure out what the, sure. the clothes, what, what they do, when to drive, when not to drive, where to drive. So there's a lot of complications. Well, situations. that's why we have this show to put things in perspective mm. and make fun of them afterwards. That's okay. Right. Um, okay, Kerwin, anything uh, on your side? Yeah, well, uh, I guess I'd be interested in talking about some news from South Africa, which is they, in, I think it was May 18, they had their local government elections across the country. And it, the local government elections are a big issue in the country, especially about um, delivering housing and sanitation and things like that to the poor people across the country. Uh, it's still very much uh, struggling to recover from apartheid, even though that was now 17 years ago. But what the results of these elections seem to have been is that it's showing that the democratic process in the country is maturing, that for a long time there was the African National Congress, which was the party of Nelson Mandela and Thabo Mbeki and Jacob Zuma, the current president, and then there was the Democratic Alliance, which was kind of the party that uh, sensible white folk would vote for. Mm. And what's been impressive in this election is that the Democratic Alliance has become a party for all colours, in a sense, that they, all of the main posters showed a white woman, a coloured woman, and a black woman all standing together. And they were the three principal leaders of the party. And mm. their, the vote that they took across the country was now greater than the combined sum of all non-black people in the country. So they are, they are proving to be um, a real opposition to the traditional party of Mandela. It's no longer simply the black party versus the white party. They're actually moving forward to a politics based on kind of... Uh, economic political positions uh, uh, very mm. mature bipartisanship um, rather than the, the just a basic hangover from the apartheid system is, is the situation in in South Africa still I mean 
it, from what I heard before a few years ago, it was extremely dangerous. Some uh, neighborhoods were dangerous and incredibly poor. And it was basically the, the situation was terrible uh, in the country in general. Has that changed or? I think it's changed. I mean, I have no other point of reference because it was my first visit there. And when I arrived, my South African friend called me up at the hotel and said, okay, now it's time to give you the murder capital of the world lecture and put the fear of God into you. Okay, um, so that's basically what uh, I was I, expecting. Well, well, I think that there's a lot Amy's of- my baby. Oh. I thought those few extra... Really, Scott? You miss your baby? Pop up. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Which means you're browsing the internet no, just like No, I was actually just trying to read the, 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 the chat room and this thing popped up. <laughs> Crap. Okay, Sorry. Keep going, Kerwin. Okay, well, I, I guess I really think it's um, there's a lot of paranoia in the country and it might have been justified 10 years ago. I think there was a chance where the country could have slid more in the direction of Zimbabwe. But I don't think that that's really valid anymore. I think the safest part of town to walk around was the Soweto, the black township. Um, hmm. And I So think you mean you're, you're dancing around with your iPods and, and smartphones and nothing's, and your you know, credit cards hanging out and nothing's happening to you? Or? Well, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, I oh, was really? walking around taking photos with my digital camera like anyone else, you know. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, but and then you go to the white, the white, the old white parts of town, and every house has an electrified fence around it, <laughs> and uh, the people are saying, you know, you just you just can't walk around. And I walked, I walked something like seven kilometers uh, through the south of the city, through the old industrial and mining areas, and when I would tell uh, white people about this, they'd kind of look at me quizzically, saying, "How's that even physically possible?" You know, um, but- I. So I, I, what would you have done if you had been mugged? You would have been mugged, obviously, but I mean, well, you know. Maybe. I, I have to say, uh, luckily, that I've never been mugged in my life, so I don't know how I'd react if I were mugged in London, let alone in uh, Johannesburg. You're right, but I mean, your friend told you, do not be an idiot and don't do this and that, and you went out and, you know, walked around and... Neighbor, what? What? I walked around drew in neighborhoods. You? I didn't behave like an idiot when I was walking around those neighborhoods. <laughs> no, okay, but you know uh, what Patrick, I mean. I mean, Patrick called you an idiot. End of story, dude. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. He told you to not do some things uh, as someone who lives in the country and knows what he's talking about. And you go out and do those things. Well, I mean, uh, luckily nothing happened to you. But uh, I don't understand the logic of you know. If I go to 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 Salt Lake City to see Scott, and he tells me, you know. That farm said you should not go feed their sheep because, you know, the... the ter- <laughs> oh, you know, great. He thinks Utah's <laughs> nothing but farmland. I can't wait for you to get out here. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. If you tell yeah, me, I do d- not do that, and I go and do it, I'm... G- I don't know. There's a disconnect there. No? Well, I guess my response to her was, I'm not someone who's... Um, my response to her was, is it really any different from walking around Manila or walking around Rio de Janeiro or walking around Lagos? Uh, and know. she was like, yes, it's the murder <laughs> capital of the world. Well, <laughs> the thing is that those statistics are true. The, the, the rate of uh, violent crime is much higher than in uh, four times the rate in the U.S., I think. But most of it, as it is in most parts of the world, it is between people who know each other. 
I think that mm. whenever people are paranoid about violent crime, there's this um, there's this perception that violent crime means random acts of violence, and I don't think violent crime is often th- that at all. It's, it's usually people who know each other, it's an internal or domestic tension, or 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 you know, organised crime gone wrong, or gangs, or thugs, or something. Um, but to be to be accosted in broad daylight on a busy street, uh, it happens, but you're just as likely to be hit by a car, and that doesn't stop you walking down the street. Now right. it's going to. No, this is all true. It's like, it's not an unpopular comparison. It's not a very popular comparison, but when people bring up 9-11, and they talk about how it's just the most devastating thing, I, I try to remind them that last year alone on our highways... There were more deaths by accident than there were that entire day. That is not to diminish the loss or the incredible waste mm. of, of innocent human life that happened that day. But my point is, if you just look at the bigger perspective, people who are afraid of flying or whatever, yeah. if you just look at a, at a common statistic like uh, our very relatively safe highways and freeways in this ca- country claim that, you know, thousands upon thousands of lives every year. And it's just... Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there are some... Okay, maybe it's it's completely ridiculous, but there are some places in the world where you shouldn't be walking around without, you know, without a care in the world. Like, I don't know, if you go to, to some parts of Brazil or some, you know, there are some places where you should be careful. And until a few minutes ago, I thought that South Africa... And I think a lot of people would agree that South Africa is one of those places. So I, I, I don't want to be all, you know... Rosy and and pretend that anywhere everything's fine and safe everywhere. That's not the case. In some places of the world, you should be careful. Yeah, no? so that's why where I say you, you can do these things as long as you're smart about it. Mm. If you're going if you're going to behave like an idiot, then then the people around you are possibly going to punish you. But yeah, you know, so, so I what you're so saying I is I probably around. shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. You'll be safe here, though. You'll be among okay. friends. You'll be fine. Kerwin, yeah. you were you were finishing your... Uh, well, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that said, here in my little, you know... Um, I did witness a... middle-class suburb in London. The, there was actually a violent crime right around the corner from my house yesterday. I didn't mm. realize I was going to bring this up, but... Uh, where I usually go for breakfast I was walking past there again um, just to go to the post office and there was a police cordon all around the street there were apparently two young 11 year old boys who had been stabbed in Jesus. in the middle of the afternoon um, so I'm living in the in the north of London the part where I'm where I live in is uh, quite a beautiful do you um, still live in the same uh, place I saw a couple of years ago? No, I've moved. Okay. No, that was in the west. That was in Notting Hill. I'm now living in a place called Stoke Newington. Uh, and a lot of Stoke Newington is quite wealthy, quite beautiful houses, although not the scale of places like Kensington and Knightsbridge. But then across the... Sounds so regal. Well, yeah, and no, so, but so across the, across the canal is uh, one of the largest areas of public housing in the city. Um, and there is quite a lot of poverty in those areas, mm. uh, and there is there are a lot of teenage gangs in these areas, and their weapon of choice is knives because guns are quite hard to come by here. So, yeah, 
All right. So perhaps I need to be more careful around my own street than I do around the... <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that obvious uh, taunt. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be more careful around my own power tools, so I know what you're, I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to uh, take us out with one French – because our, our, my real French story was the uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn thing. So I'm just going to be talking about – there was a number of things I could have mentioned, but this one I think is the, is the Frenchest of them all. Um, uh, you might know that there is a, a sort of – sit-in prote- protest in uh, Spain where they, they just had an election a couple of days ago. And basically, there's a large number of young people in the population that started a, a sort of demonstration that is has been lasting for, I think, a week or a little bit more, maybe two. Um, and they're really angry at the government for basically bankrupting the country. Uh, and they're expressing their anger for that specific problem. And a few days ago, there's a movement that started in France that is called French Revolution, kind of, that is very much social media driven, and th- which says, look at what's happening in the Middle East, look at what's happening in, Fran- in, in, in Spain, we could do the same here, and if we all rise up together and if we all express our anger, then the same can happen here. And that has become sort of mildly popular in France with a lot of people actually sending that, that thing around on Twitter and and uh, showing banners and, and you know... It, it's sort of taking a little bit of a life of its own without any l- clear leaders. It's really social media driven. But what I what I find really interesting about this is that it's completely impossible for anyone, as far as I know, to understand what the hell these people want. Basically, they're just saying, let's say we're not happy and, and protest in the street without any sort of agenda or goal or demands or anything and it's completely staggering to me how this is getting some support from pretty you know internet prominent people and i went to them and said all right you know that seems kind of fun but what is this about and they're like ah i don't really know and still it's sort of happening so uh, Bob Kelly in the chat room is saying, so it's like the Tea Party? Almost, yeah. It, it, it's a lot more left-wing, I would think. Um, but yeah, it's just people going around and yelling, ah, we're not happy. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so what do you want? And they're like, ah, we're not happy. So I don't know. Maybe someone listening to this show can can explain to me what this is all about. But I really think it's it's completely ridiculous and pointless and – ah. I don't get it. I do not get it. And it annoys me because it's, it's the French thing of just complaining, you know? Anyway, you don't I'm seem very, the, yeah. No, it's very, uh, French complaining is the <laughs> hot topic of 2011. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we've taken up way too much of your time, dear listener. And 
dear uh, hosts. Yeah, um, dude, my my wife is giving me an evil eye. Oh, sorry. Tell her I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I, so, yes, let's let's get out of here quickly. Uh, I'm going to let everyone go. But before that, uh, please, Turkey, tell us where the listeners of this show can find you on the Internet once they've gone into uh, Turkey withdrawal because the show has ended. Ah, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. My ID is Saudi, so twitter.com slash Saudi. You can find my website at saudilife.net. I should be putting two episodes up in the, this week. Uh, one, is, one is an old episode I haven't uploaded to an interview. Another is I'm going to talk about my trip to Japan. So I figured that I'd share that. Excellent. Uh, and, of course, uh, I would like to advise everybody, don't buy American cars. They don't work well, and the U.S. president just proved that. The what? The U.S. <laughs> what president. Happened? What happened? Hey, It stopped on him in Ireland. He had to get out of the car and walk. What mm -hmm. car was it? What was it? Do you know? A Cadillac. A Cadillac? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, like it. They, they, they called it the monster. <laughs> yeah. The answer is don't buy, don't buy GM, uh, Chevy, or any of those. They're, they're well, total crap. The Cadillac stopped, hence all American cars uh, suck. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, sure. Dude. Buy French cars. Dude. Yeah, Dude. yeah buy a Fiat. Good luck with that. Fiat Dude. is Italian. Italian. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of something else. Renault, Peugeot, Peugeot, that's it. Peugeot is what I'm thinking of. It's, it's, it's in that car, that must be the best car they have in the U.S. So if the best car can't run, then you have a problem. You have a point. You have a point there. Um, but yeah, no, some of the Peugeot, Citroën, and Renault are actually really good. And added bonus, which you might not be aware about, they smell of cheese. So there you go. And they're all hairy. Yep. Uh, Kerwin, where can we find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me and my colleagues at The Global Urbanist, globalurbanist.com. All your urban analysis needs in one place. <laughs> and I do need a lot of uh, urban analysis, so uh, thank you for that. You well, also have a Twitter account, which you don't use, don't do you? Uh, yeah, that's right. Twitter. Um, <laughs> okay, you don't just, even remember. Just go it's, to the website. Yeah. The Twitter is probably Kerwin Datu. It is. It, it is. No, you better off following Global Urbanist on Twitter as well. All right. If you want uh, clever urban analysis about urbanism stuff. That's right. right? All around cool. the world. Uh, Scott Johnson, if mm. someone in the audience doesn't know who you are and where you come from, uh, please tell us all about your life or well, just where we can find you. <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to hear about my whole life, but uh, you can learn all about what I have going on in the world, which is many faceted and too difficult to explain in a short amount of time. So if they want to know more, they can go to frogpants.com or they can follow me on Twitter at Act Extra Life. And uh, good news for everyone who wants to see or pr have proof anyway that Patrick and I and Terpster and Veronica and Tom and others are all on the same stage together at the same time that that really is happening. Uh, we'll be live streaming that entire event uh, via Ooh. audio for the audio stream, and there'll also be a webcam that people can sort of see what's going on. So uh, cool. watch for that on June 17th uh, next month. Very excited. Um, so Scott, I'm, I'm more interested in, in keeping track of your beard growing, so can you post daily <laughs> updates? I will. I'll keep you, I'll, I'll keep you well informed uh, as that continues to be a, a story because it's developing. It's a de developing story. So is the um, what the stage? What's what's gonna? Do you have a program yet of what's gonna uh, be happening? Yeah, we do. It's on the site. <clears throat> it actually uh, under at nertacular.com. It describes what's going on for the full day. And um, the very second thing we do, 
that day will be a big podcasters uh, producers panel, which will be everybody we can fit up there who is currently doing work for the network, uh, you included, that will uh, be a chance for the audience to do some Q&A and for us to sort of uh, God, you know, that's going to be terrible. Tom and gonna Veronica are gonna, and you are going to get all the questions, and we're going to be sitting by the sidelines going like, uh, Oh, I totally I disagree. I totally disagree. In fact, I will bet, I'll bet you right now that you and Terpster get way more questions than you think. I bet that'll <laughs> yeah. be huge. Yeah, I but agree with uh, Patrick. I agree with Patrick. <laughs> Actually, I think people are going to look at you, Scott, and say, Who's that French guy there? What the <laughs> hell is he doing up there? Yeah, who's that dirty little Frenchman over there? No, I, uh, I, I could not be more excited about having you guys and everybody else come. It's going to be a total blast uh, for sure. And, but, and I should say, thank you for having me on today. I absolutely love being on the Phileas Club because this is the one chance where I get to talk about all this political crap, and I never do it anywhere else. So it's a nice release valve for me. And it's always nice to have you on the show, too. Uh, and I'm also incredibly excited about uh, Nerdtacular. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so if you want to follow me, dear listener, um, and actually you can go to patrickbeja.com and I have a little write-up about uh, the EG8 and my take on that. We didn't mention it at all in the show today because it was talked about so much in the in the tech world that I guess you heard about it. But uh, if you want to go a little bit deeper into it, go to patrickbeja.com and uh, you'll find an article about this there, um, which I think is a, an interesting take on all that thing, different from what you might have heard in other places. Um, and that's going to be it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's not Patrick. And we will be back in a month or so. I don't know when exactly because I'll be, you know, in uh, the U.S., as you've heard. And I don't know when we're going to be able to record. But uh, we'll make it happen, and it will be in a month. Until then, have an excellent month of June. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. The Cadillac Chevy event is here. Your ticket to a cruisy car. Why is there a Chevy event? What the hell was that? Why was there a Chevy event? What happened? Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk about the news that we've seen. In the, uh, what? Hello oh. and welcome. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's been too long. It's been like a month. So, Wasn't that what it always is? Yes. Always a month. Which is why I always mess it up. So what's, suck, what's, what's the story of the beard? I, I knew the, you know, Tom's beard, but I didn't know your, yours was also a, a thing. Is it a TMS it's a thing? thing? It's a bit of a thing. No, it's, it's not even a TMS thing. It's more or less a, it's actually kind of on Twit. Whenever I'm on there for forecast, people are always commenting on how the beard is more and more uh, egregious every time they see it. Um, I'm going to try to, I don't want to have it, like if I let it go now and don't trim it at all between now and N11, it'll be just this nasty freaking mountain man thing. <laughs> so I think I'm going to trim up before then. But yeah, I've, I've been, I've decided that's the look for me hmm. is to have a little facial hair. Otherwise I look like a, I look like an a old giant baby. baby. Yeah. Like an old, but an old baby. Like I look like a 41 year old <laughs> baby. <laughs> Which is wrong. It's just a wrong thing to look yeah, like. Yeah, that, so. that, that does uh, sound kind of strange. Yeah, so I'm going for some hair. 
I think it'll help out. <laughs> well, I can uh, actually provide you with uh, some of that if you want. You bring me a nice mat of your uh, back hair or whatever it is you've got excess of. And that'd be great. And interestingly enough, it smells of cheese. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 